Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Pirate Rugby Pod. We now have close to 500 YouTube subscribers and our next stop is 600. If you like what we do, please like, share and subscribe. Comments also give us a big boost and we always respond to everyone. If you're only here for Thistle the Cat and in shorts, stick around. You might decide you like rugby too. A reminder that you can find us on Twitter and sign up to our free Substack. Links for both are below. If you follow us, you'll get updates every time we drop a new piece of content, whether it be a podcast, video or long form article. We've just dropped the first of a new series called The Sunday Read, which comes out every Sunday. Uh, this uh, will be looking at the match attendances in France was the first one and how they compare to the other European leagues. Link again in the description below. But now I must introduce our wonderful guests, our first guests of 2024. Yes, guests, plural. And we are extremely excited to be saying ciao and buonasera to the cast of Spritz and Scrums, the Italian rugby podcast, Ellie, Eddie and Richard, a.k.a. Coach. Good evening, guys. Hello. Ciao. I, I, I probably, I, my terrible thing that I'm always awful at is pronunciation, so I'll probably pronounce both of those horrendously. I think you did really well. Oh, thank you. So Ellie, Ellie is joining us live from Rome. Live from Rome. There's no rugby on at the minute, but I've been enjoying plenty of spritzes and red wine and pasta and definitely need to get back to England. Hilariously to, yeah, just go on a diet, come back to England for my diet. Oh, yeah, I'm still not really. I'm still trying to polish off all of the uh, Christmas alcohol. So, yeah, so yeah. Interna- international podcast coming from at least th- three separate mm-hmm. countries. So we have to do an international weather check. It is absolutely Baltic here in the Midlands of England. Ender, what's it like over in Dublin at the moment? Baltic. Horrific. Don't want to go outside. Coach, where are you coming to us from? From Birmingham. Oh, and so we're quite Baltic. close. Yeah. Where are you based? Leamington. Oh, just down the road. Yeah. Oh! That's Royal Leamington. Royal Leamington <laughs> Spa, yes, thank you. Royal Leamington Spa. And Ellie, it's lovely and sunny in Rome, I assume? It's been beautiful, yeah. Um, I don't want to make you guys too jealous. It dropped a little bit today, but um, yeah, it's been sort of regular kind of 18 degrees. Oh. Um, warm, like, to be honest, it's sort of unclimactically warm for this time of year. It's not normal. Um, but yeah, it's been lovely, uh, sunny. Yeah, can't complain. Coming back to Baltic London tomorrow, though. So. Oh, yeah, we've made a call just for you. Anyway, um, we'll start with our rugby moment of the week then. Ender, what was yours? So mine was about the league that nobody cares about, so the ORC. 
Um, so it was Ivan Van Ruins, uh, Ruin, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, just, I don't know if any of you guys saw, but just his reaction to the Lions beating the Sharks. Um, I just, for me, that that's what this kind of season of the ORC has been all about. It's been about the upsets um, and a bit about the underdogs. And yeah, it was a game in front of 19,000 people away from home at Kings Park. Uh, when you compare the budgets, when you compare compare the the attendance figures, the players, everything, uh, all the odds were stacked against, stacked against the Lions and they managed to come away to win. I know it was tight and the Sharks maybe should have won. Um, but for me, the, the Lions have been really impressive uh, so far this season. Uh, didn't know hardly any of their players before the beginning of this season. And now I can't get enough of uh, watching them. So for me, that, that was probably my moment. What about yourself, Hugh? So my moment comes from uh, England and it's from Bath versus Gloucester, where at half time. Um, the fullback for Gloucester has the ball and he's just marked it and there's about 35 seconds left on the clock and he's about to kick it and Gavin uh, Hastings runs over and goes, wait, and stops him. And then he takes the ball and he goes to the referee like, are we allowed to kick it dead just from uh, a mark? We're not, are we? And the referee's like, yeah, you, you are, you are. And he's like, no, we're not because it's you can't because it's like, the referee's like, no, you, you can kick it dead. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, you can kick it dead. It's like, you're saying that we can kick the ball dead. And he's like, yeah, it's like, okay, cool, it taps it dead, then it's half time by the time they've had that conversation, the clock's gone gone into the red and they all <laughs> run off the pitch. It's like just gee, beautiful shit house really, the kind of thing that I absolutely respect. Yeah. Anyway, Richard, what was your moment of the week? Do you have one? Um, it's not it's not particularly about a, a game, but it was more about the news of uh, Farrell potentially going to Racing. Um, mainly because I was really looking forward to him maybe just moving over to league. So loads of people can put slightly higher shots on him. Um, and just I would just love to see what that would look like. And I always thought he would. I thought he always would move um, that way. Um, but obviously, there's money to be made. Yeah, I wouldn't blame him if, if he went. And he gets to be Sierkelisi's best friend as well, which I would be massively jealous yeah. of. How about you, Ali? Yeah. Look for the likes. Um, I mean, being Sir Khaleesi's best friend is definitely would be my my moment of the year. But um, my moment of the week, I feel like I have to kind of represent. Um, it was in a friendly between the under 20s, um, Italy v France, and Italy won, and it was great. I mean, France won really? at their best, I'm sure. Yeah, Italy beat oh France God. in the friendly game this weekend. Yeah, it was beautiful, and some stun a, a couple of well, one really stunning try that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, a young winger basically catches a really crappy crossfield kick um steps his opposite wing palms off another guy makes a massive run and then does this beautiful underhand offload um to the fullback who takes it in for the try beautiful beautiful yeah so it's very exciting um and i uh, i'm bad i should know how many times the under 20s have beaten france but um it's rare so well, it's a sign of good the things world to champions. come Friends of the under 20s world champions. Yeah, yeah. That makes it special. How about you then, Eddie? What's your moment? Uh, Well, do you want the downer or the or or the potential good one? Both, if you like, and start with the downer, and then. And the downer, well, sorry, sorry, it's obviously the uh, the news about JPR. JPR, uh, he's passed away. He was obviously such a legend uh, of rugby. Which is obviously very sad because he actually wasn't that old. Yeah, and I remember when I was, I used to watch like the old Barbarians. I, I when I was like I was such a 
loser i bought the dvds of the bar- old barbarians games of like the glory era when i was about 15 years old and i'd watch them um so yeah that's 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 tragic and sad uh and, but the good one would be the uh trailer which is literally i think just dropped of the six nations uh what do you call it docudrama yeah we've talked about it a fair bit on this because we had a formula one guest on talking about drive to survive and we knew that we had Ooh. um for the rugby version of this what's it called full contact it's called isn't it yeah yeah i think so yeah, have you okay. guys discussed so, the name and your feelings towards that name we haven't um yeah i don't think drive to survive <laughs> is a pretty good particularly good name either so i'm not that fussed about it true yeah Yeah, there's no relegation in formula one but i'm mixed feelings about this six nations documentary because since watching the trailer because i'll admit i wasn't a formula one fan drive to survive got me in like it did millions of other people and now we never miss a race uh and watching this trailer i think maybe it might be as basic as drive to survivors because I know Drive See, to Survive is great yeah. for me, but for Formula One fans, they weren't really into it. Exactly. And I feel like this yeah. might, we might watch it and go, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Like if that trailer didn't have that soundtrack today, I don't know if we would have been as engrossed in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it, just, good point. it reminded me of Drive to Survive immediately. And I was like, for a rugby fan, are we really going to like this? Well, hopefully it'd be good, but I'm. Yeah. 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 But it's tough. It's tough to get them both to like please the avid rugby fan and also get millions of other people into the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I guess if one's more important than the other, it's probably the latter, getting more people yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. That it's it's such a great because I w- I was a Formula One fan for years and then I survive happened and I'm seeing people on the street wearing Mercedes merch and I'm like go away i don't want you in my sport and <laughs> um, um, you started watching rugby <laughs> yeah and then i started watching rugby. So, so, but, um yeah it's such a good point that it's probably not going to be that interesting for rugby fans unless there's something like crazy and weird that we don't see because the good thing about formula one is you see you see them all swearing and stuff that you obviously never seen mm. yeah so i think maybe that's what we'll get out of it is like the sort of little gossipy bit that you know you, you well, I guess you can get a bit more out of Formula One because there's only 20 of them. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Cool. Right. Anyway, let's talk about some actual, actual <laughs> rugby then. So we've got you on because we have been super excited about both Benetton and Zebra uh, all season and how amazing they've been doing. So we'll talk about Benetton first. So who can tell us a bit about, because it feels like this Benetton project has been building for a few years now. It started with them getting all the coaches and then this year they've really brought in some star signings and it's all got a bit exciting. So I don't know, maybe coach, you could talk us about how this Benetton side, it, it's not like a flash in the pan year. It just feels like the combination of several years worth of work. <laughs> well, yeah, go on coach, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's many years of, um, of work that's gone into this obviously Kieran Crowley has set the foundations that they're building at the moment um but I mean I've been a fan since 2019 uh, when I first went over um and it basically they've been they've just been building they've been very close to the Italian setup mm. and uh, it's showing because it's very osmosis like you can see the Benetton team and then you see the Italy team that they put out 
in the Six Nations, and it's very, very similar. Um, and the way that they've been building is essentially getting good players in. They've obviously had a very good um, poaching of the situations with Wasps, and uh, <laughs> and they've done quite well out of that. They've, they've brought basically a group of, of friends together, and it certainly shows yeah. um, this year. Um, and I'd say probably at the beginning of the year, we were very, very uh, nervous because we thought they were slipping into uh, an English playing style, which was very much kick heavy and uh, started the season. We were winning, but we were winning ugly. And now we're winning with a bit of a balance to it. But at the beginning of the season, we were definitely, definitely a bit nervous about that. But we were getting the wins. And I think we've got more more to come. I think, I think the Six Nations is going to have a bit of a impact on us. Um, but it's been growing. It's been really good to watch. Um, and I'd say, like, like I said, since 2019, but this is the first sort of year that I've been really feeling like a really big fan of the team because I've seen them sort of grow over the last three three years. Um, players that started maybe on their first contract are sort of shining through now. Um, and, yeah, I get, I'm starting to get very aggressive. Bit hooliganist, and when I'm watching the television, <laughs> starting to scream and shout. Um, yeah. But it's been a great three years, um, and I think it's going to bleed into um, the Six Nations going forward. And I'm quite excited. Um, now, Benetton have definitely reigned in the, the territory game, and uh, we've got a lot coming for us. I feel. I think it's quite funny when you think back. Like, I mean, we sort of roped coach into this. Because um, Eddie and I sort of started following Benetton a few years prior to this, and um, I think when we think back to a couple of seasons ago, Benetton didn't win a single game all season, um, and then the following sort of semi-season they went on to win the Rainbow Cup. That just sort yes. of you go, hang on a minute, what what's going on here? Um, and that was right at the end of Kieran's kind of tenure, and as Coach said, like having Kieran then step into the Italy role having worked with Benetton and knowing all the players there and that sort of collaboration, which I think, uh, I might be wrong, but I, I think there has always been a close collaboration between um, the national team and uh, Zebra and Benetton. But I think having Kieran there really, really helped. Um, yeah, uh, I, I mm. find it staggering when I think back to that, that totally yeah. winless season. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast, by the way? <laughs> Andrew, are we allowed to swear? We are indeed. We are allowed to. Great. Well, I, I'll try not to, but sometimes I just get so excited. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you, um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head talking about the, the recruitment, um, the coaches. I mean, they had mm. um, Paul Gustard, who was there for a while, yeah. and that didn't really work very well for them. Um, I, I, as you could tell, because he, he sodded off quite quickly. Um, to Paris and that happens a bit to Benetton they get some big names in or they get some good scalps and then you get the impression that those guys are only just there as a stepping stone you know like biding Mm. their time for someone else to come and pick them off but I feel what's different they've got now with the people they've got um, with Callum McRae you know they're there for the for the long term and they're they're buying into Bortolami's vision and the players as well because obviously as coach said when Wasps went down, and I use I was a Wasps fan as a kid, so I was I was gutted, gutted about that. Um, 
and then London Irish, you know, who would have thought, you know, Zebre Palmer took their Italians back from London Irish, pretty sharpish, and that was good for them. And that's proven to be good for them. And Benetton were all over the Wasps players. You know, they put their, their hands in their pockets and they got them. Um, but what's really in good is that not only did they get them, you know, but they got Jacob Umange. It was like, OK, great. They, they've managed to get one yeah. of the bright stars of the Premiership. But he's just signed for another two and a half years. Yeah. So it isn't just the last sort of like of a, a stepping stone. We said, didn't we, guys, that on the last couple of episodes, we were like, God, Jacob's playing really well at the minute. He's he's going because we, you know, we didn't know. But we assumed we knew his contract was up um, and we just assumed he'd get poached. The fact that he has committed an extra two and a half years, I think, shows his belief in the team that he's surrounded by. It's not, you know, because aside from everything, he's living in a country that, you know, a completely brand new country, learning a new language. Like it's a huge upheaval. So it would be totally normal for him to you know, spend a year out there and then get a better offer or another offer somewhere else. But he's chosen to commit. And I think he said it when we were out there last weekend for the the derby. Um, so many of the players were just saying, like, you can feel within the club that there's a real kind of team collaborative effort and belief. Um, and it, uh, you guys have mentioned, like, the recruiting that they've done. I actually we've discussed it on the podcast ourselves sometimes it's almost like they have too many players because they've just they've bought so many players there's actually some of our younger ones or like the Italians and the sort of um under 20s or whatever who just don't get game time because we've recruited so well yeah. and we have so but many players as you just said that you you're going to go into the Six Nations now and lose all these players but someone like Fekitoa he's not playing in the Six Nations yeah no so oh, yeah exactly so historically what happened before was you know this URC or Pro 14 as it was didn't take a break for the Six Nations it would continue going and it'd be really a luck of the draw who you got in that period in that window if you if you ended up with a Glasgow great because Glasgow would also be robbed of all their players but if you end up against um, some of the Welsh sides for example or the Irish sides short of Leinster you know they've lost a few but it's spread over four teams so they individually are less screwed by the six nations yeah. this year there is a bit of a i mean they, they've taken some weeks off haven't they but i still think there's benetton are playing leinster in that in the middle of the six nations not in a week game weekend but i'm pretty sure they're in there um i think you're and, right yeah and there's another one but yeah with, with the players they've they've got it gives an opportunity it's basically like benetton can put out two sides an italian side and a yeah. non-italian side they also have a rule in Italy, rule, like it's I, it's not really enforced from what I've seen. But they're in theory like only cool. meant to have seven non-Italian um, qualified players in a side on any given match squad. And my Zebra fans would say, yeah, unless you're Benetton and then you do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> so I was going to I was going to ask about the signings because. Um, until you said it, I hadn't realised, and then it just clicked on my head that um, Jacob, Jacob Umanga and uh, Fekitoa, they got the cohesion from Wasps. I didn't, I thought yeah, of Fekitoa yeah. as a monster. Them, and Paolo and, Adogru and um, yeah. Watson. And Watson. That is that's such smart recruitment. Like, yeah, that isn't it? 
So who who's been the star then? Has Azumagan been been the big star boy, or or who's been the one who's come in and going, wow, we've missed a player like this? Well, again, I think it's not so much that Umanga's been great and he's sort of grown into it, and Fekato really has come in and he's it. been amazing. But I think what Fekatoa does, in my personal opinion, and what Ignacio Brex does, are quite similar. And the difference is you can't have one of them playing all the time. Yeah. So it gives you that solid depth that when one's being rested, the other one's able to play. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my take. I mean, none of them, I don't think, have come in and blown the socks off everyone. The player that I think blows the socks off everyone is Rhino Smith. So... Is he Italian qualified? Rhino? Uh, no, I don't think yet. so. And I, and I, I think, think he still he need a couple of years. To, I think he moved to Italy too late because they changed the qualification yeah. rules. They extended it. And I think he went there just after as well. So. Yeah, I think he did. Um, yeah, I would, I would sort of agree with that. I think Rhino, I mean, Rhino actually had a really slow start to the season this season. We talked about it a lot in these sort of earlier episodes of this season. Um, that, yeah, we were just waiting for him to find his spark. And I think, as Coach mentioned earlier, Benetton started the season very, I mean, you can't kind of critique their defence. Their defence this season has been phenomenal. But they just weren't creating any real exciting attacking opportunities like they were last season. Um, and we were like, is it, it, it's just not clicking into place for Rhino. But, if but I can said add... that in the last couple of games, <laughs> just on that I note, think I'm on delay Eddie so I say. can't hear you oh. <laughs> we are married so, so if I interrupt her it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's she interrupts me all agreement. the time so uh, <laughs> oh, I was gonna, just on the t- in terms of the attack though they're obviously and I'm not sure how much drama it was but Andrea Massey was the attack coach for Benetton hmm. he started off to Toulon with Sergio Parise and is now doing that job over on the the French Riviera. So all the glorious attack that Benetton did have was his. And he went to Toulon. And now they've got, um, let's see, Alessandro Troncon, who is in charge of the attack, who used to be a skills coach. Um, and so I think it just took a bit of time for him to get his message across to the guys yeah. uh, what, the, what, the, what the plan is, you know, because it's all well and good in training and they had a massive preseason, but you need to put it in front of other people, don't you? Yeah. And also they had a massive preseason, but obviously there was the World Cup and a lot of the players were at the World Cup. Mm. So Jacob, yeah. we had Jacob on the podcast at the end, towards the end, very end of last season. And he was like, yeah, we go off now for sort of mini holiday, but we're back in two weeks time and then preseason sort of three months long. And he was like, what the hell are we going to do for three months? But actually, I mean, he put solid work in um, and he came back, I mean, pretty much with that number 10 jersey nailed onto him, um, considering that he's fighting that out with Albanots, who's superb. Um, he's done really, really well. And when we spoke to him, you know, he just moved over from the UK and was like, you know, I've had to go from not speaking any Italian to having to give calls in Italian. Italian. and like, oh, I mean God. imagine having to do that on the fly like so yeah he's I, I would say in terms of answering your question going back to star player I I think Jacob's really shining I, I he had a slow start because he had a million things to adapt to but he's he's looking great at the minute 
Yeah, love it. Richard, can you give us the name of maybe a, a player who's maybe not a superstar, some someone that people who don't watch Benison every week might not know who they are, but you think two years' time this player could be a star that everyone's talking about? Um, I'd say, well, the thing is everyone knows who he is. It doesn't really help, but I would, I think he's going to be on the radar for everybody in going forward, and that's Manicello. Um, yeah. I don't know he's... But he, he's kind of hidden because he's in the Italian world a bit. But yeah, I don't know how. I mean, we assume that we all know him. Yeah, but well, I don't always, know how... I, his name always springs out to me when the commentator says it because it sounds like a drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think he was the youngest ever scorer in, in the Six Nations at nineteen. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Oh. Either the youngest yeah. or second he's... youngest. I'm pretty sure the commentator said no, he was no, the youngest. Anyway. He was the youngest. Um. And that might have been on his debut, but then he injured. Then he was, was terrifically injured. He missed the World Cup for Italy. They really could have done with him. Uh, but he's coming back now. He should be back in the Six Nations. And yeah, coach is right. He's. Yeah. I'm so glad you said Manoncello, coach. Yeah, he's my 100% my my one to look out for. Paul Gustard, yeah. who again sodded off to Paris, said he was <laughs> the most talented young player he'd ever worked with. Wow. He's a centre, isn't he? Am I getting that wrong? Yeah. 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 Right. And and that's the debate we had a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. We were like, actually, Benetton's doing pretty well for centres. I mean, between Menoncello, Fakatoa, Brex, Riera, there's a ton of them. And Drago. I don't Drago, I don't know. In like, you know, in a sort of make or break game. I might put Menoncello above Fekatoa. I'm just going to, I'm saying that? it. What's this? Yeah. Well, if any of your well, listeners you ever listen go see a game at Stadio, Stadio Minigo, everyone gets a free program. Oh, cool. To every game. And uh, it's got the entire squad in it. So, you know, I am just. I thought I'd just have a quick look at their centres. So, we said... Um, <laughs> So you, you, you mentioned the stadium there. So I think, Eddie, it was you and I who discussed this very briefly on Twitter. So it, it looks like um, Benetton is selling out pretty much every other week at the moment. Now. Yeah, so is there, is, there, is there any plans to go to a bigger stadium yeah. or increase this capacity or anything? They are. They are adding a end-on stand. So if you're oh, ever watching we won't be able TV. to see the cars in the car park. Yeah, and no, whoever no, has the, the no, facts don't worry, it's the other building, side. they're going to be annoyed as well. <laughs> oh, okay. So you that's going to be... They, they thought about that, though, because they thought not about the car park, but when they're choosing the side, they've got the side that the players come out of. It's got that green hut. And on the, the right, you've got the side that you most people come in from. Um, and they're putting the stand there. And part of the consideration is so that they don't block the view of the Dolomites. Because when you're in the stadium, you can see the the mountains to your left. Very pretty. Do they still yeah. have the hedges? Yeah. They've got hedges. Yeah. Uh, the hedges yeah. next to the bar. Yeah. Them, them and great Leicester. spot to watch and drink from. <laughs> yeah. Do you not like the hedges? I love the hedges. I like the hedges. I didn't say I didn't like the hedges. But it's, <laughs> it, it, it's it's them and Leinster, the two rugby teams with the hedges, and both top one and two in the URC, so obviously works. Obviously. There you go. What's in the hedges? What are they putting in those hedges? <laughs> yeah, don't check. Anyway, and uh, Ender, did you want to uh, ask a bit about zebra then? 
Yes, yeah, so we wanted to move on to Zebra, but maybe I think from what I can see is in terms of points, Zebra are what on, on 12 points so far this season, mm-hmm. which as far as I can tell is more than they had at the end of the 2021 to 2022 season and last season. Is that right? Yes, it is, Edna. Correct, yeah. <laughs> Edna. That is just... And like, so how, how like, do we think, is this a fluke? Like, how good really are they, do you think? Like, is this a recruitment piece or is this just them finally gelling or... What do you guys think they are where they are at the moment? So I mean, they had Zebra, a stretch over season last year. Let's say yeah. that. Let's start with that. Yeah, they hadn't won a game for 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 twenty eight games, um, but they had lots of young players and they were absolutely butchered in a couple of key areas of the game last year, which meant it was impossible for them to win. So their scrum leaked penalties just leaked every scrum was a penalty and then their line out defense was non-existent so I think last season there were something like three hookers left Palmer with a hat trick right wow because it's and, and that then, Sam Parry was one of those almost definitely <laughs> I, I mean, there was, and there's, there was nothing they could do to stop it so they would be scoring tries they'd be playing good rugby but at the end and also as you know if you give so many penalties away in a scrum, you get yellow carded. So they spent ages with 14 men and you just can't win rugby matches like that. But I think if you look at the stats this year, they have the seventh best scrum in the league. Um, I think their line out is maybe second or third best in the league. They've done some real work on absolute basics, which then give them a foundation to compete in games. And there were some games earlier on which slipped away. I think they probably should have beat Cardiff. They drew with Cardiff. Um, they beat yeah. Oyonnax away in France. That was a great result. A terrific mm. result. This weekend, they've got the Dragons, um, which is one they'll definitely be looking at, as will the Dragons. I mean, that's going to be a cracker of a of a game. Low down the billing for most neutral fans, but it's going to be a belter. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think they are good enough. And another, my final point, before I let someone else speak, is that no one is allowed to speak when I'm speaking. Uh, is their defence last year wasn't wasn't great, uh, but they did some great recruitment with uh, um, in that area, and obviously they got uh, Richard Hodges in, and it took some time for him to get his the players to get his vision of what he wanted to do, but now you've seen that you know they are stopping tries because you can't win if you concede a million points a game. So in answer to your question, yeah, I think they are. I don't see them taking a backward step from here. This is it's all it's all moving forward. These aren't flukes. These are players who are getting older and better. And yeah, okay. Maybe one for them. All defense has been incredible this year. No, sorry, I just I was just saying the 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 way that they've been defending those um, rolling walls has been unbelievable this year. I mean, who was one of the Sorry, I can't remember. I feel like it might have been Cardiff who have a great rolling mall, but I might be getting that wrong. Um, but they stopped everyone in their tracks. It's been it's been phenomenal to watch that turnaround. Um, they went from kind of, yeah, having sort of the worst discipline of the league to, I think, um, the URC stats have just come out from sort of up until now, and they have the number one uh, discipline in the league. Overall. So there you go. That's how you stop losing every single game. 
because I think a lot of people would consider maybe Zebra a development side, but I think I, I've often heard it's interesting to get you guys' take on this. And apparently there's a lot, obviously, more funding involved, a lot of private money involved in Benetton, whereas Zebra, as far as I know, rely on most of their funding from uh, the Italian yeah. Union. Is that is that the reality of the situation? That's why Benetton will yeah. potentially or have been better so far in this? Yes. So that's why Benetton are able to do this crazy recruitment that that Zebre Palmer aren't able to do. I'm going to throw some numbers at you, and then I'm sure some people will write in and say they're completely wrong. Uh, but that's fine. I'll be long gone by then. You, you'll that. have to deal with it. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> so please continue, and we can be in trouble together. I think each franchise gets about six million from the FAR every season. Severe Palmer are able to get some sponsorship on top of that, which which puts it up a bit, a, a little bit. Well, like Benison's a company, isn't it? So. Yeah, but 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 what, what I mean is that like you know, Severe Palmer's budget would be probably towards the bottom of Prodida, which isn't yeah. no bad thing. Prodida have a colossal budget, as you. No. Whereas Benetton, they're more than able to well over double the money they get from the FIR. I mean, the Benetton family that own them, obviously they're a family of billionaires. And then the sponsorship opportunities they've got up there are huge. It's an incredibly wealthy part of the country and it's rugby mad. Mm. Um, that's where the home of rugby in Italy really is. And if, you know, half an hour away, you've got Rovigo. And half an hour away from that, you've got um, Padua, who both have sides that, if they were given the opportunity, could get the same amount of money that Benetton has because this, the town is mad on their rugby club. So, yeah, Zebre Palmer financially is in a different different league to what Benetton's able to achieve. Yeah. Cool. This isn't in the script, Andrew, but it's just popped into my head, so I wanted to ask, what happened to Calvisano? Because didn't have they... Cavazano gone now because they're not in the top 10 anymore are they well, they have they at least I, I i don't know yeah. how they went why they went but they just i think they just they just went bust i think they just and then they just renamed the league as if they were yeah and, and, and i think it's going down again i think they're they're changing the number of teams yeah. in it again i think they yeah I, I don't know the ins and outs of what happened but yeah yeah. Um, kind of out of for us anyway I'm sure if you were like local and super into sort of what's now been renamed Serie A Elite um, I'm sure maybe there, there were more more sort of more warning about what was happening with Calvisano but yeah it, it went bust and disappeared but those teams in Serie A Elite some of them have quite a lot of money Hmm. So actually, yeah. they're semi-pro teams, but some of those players are paid quite big bucks and they are actually there as professionals. And lots of the players that you would have seen for Italy in the last few Six Nations, they're all there. Um, yeah. There was quite a sort of, it seems from the outside, quite a ruthless cutting of their older Italian stars. And they were all funneled right back in to play in their domestic league to try and get the level of the domestic league up. So it's quite an interesting league and it needs to take off a bit more, but there's two teams there definitely who I know are feeling very bitter about not being in the URC. 
I see I didn't know any of that I, I love this and pe people always talk about you know what the next iteration of the URC might look like and what teams might get added from Georgia or Portugal or anything I never considered that there might be another Italian team that's what yeah I mean the issue is though that Zebra need to get competitive enough to justify them the yeah. URC you know wanting another Italian team which you know we said at the beginning of this season all Zebra need to do is come clear from being at the bottom of of the league yeah. and they've massively massively so, improved and stepped up so an issue there so the three biggest rugby clubs Zebre Parma aside who are sort of they were put in Parma they were a touring team a bit like the Barbarians and they were put in Parma for the URC mm -hmm. um, but the three biggest rugby clubs are Rovigo, Petrarca and Benetton Rugby and they're all about half hour drive from each other. So the issue there right. is if you put one of them in the BKT URC, you're actually not spreading the game across the rest of the country. Yeah. So it's not in anyone's interest to do it because apparently there's a big rugby playing population in Milan and an even bigger mm -hmm. rugby population in Roma. And they're completely unrepresented by elite sport rugby sport yeah. so that's where you need to put yeah. them but yeah they, they do actually desperately need a third team in my opinion because each team Zebra Palmer and Benetton have got squads of about 50 players yeah and there's not enough game time for them to to play so they need they need somewhere else another funnel but yeah as Ellie says you need Zebra Palmer to win otherwise everyone's going to go hang on a minute why are we going to yeah. let another yeah. Italian side in yeah, right. and I mean a, a lot of the a lot of the the so Benetton sort of the younger players who get scooped up into the Benetton academies and then start playing for or, or are technically contracted under Benetton or Zebre then get put out on loan to the Serie A teams. Um, for example, Gallerini who um, plays he's still in the Italy under twenties. He had one game. He's had one game so far for Benetton this season. It was kind of a, a one of the smaller games. I don't know when he's next going to play for Benetton because I mean, when do you, when, where would you play him? When do you play him? So it's, as I say, it's kind of a bit of a curse having like these teams, these massive, like 60 odd players contracted to your team because some of them are literally just showing up to train and, and never actually getting any game time. Um, mm. So yeah, the, the league below thankfully is picking them up. Um, so send them to Wales. Play. We need, we need some players. <laughs> Good. Send them our way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should no. have done that. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but um, yeah, sorry. Just just to finish on that, the point that Eddie makes about kind of just the regions and rugby is huge in Veneto, but essentially, like the rest of the country doesn't get a look in. Like if you're a young player in, especially especially the south, sort of Naples down, and you're where where do you go you have to go north um and so even putting zebra and palma a lot of people are really angry about it because that's that's no, you know italy is a very long country and really palma to benetton is still only what a two-hour drive like it's not but then equally it's tricky because the rugby mad part of the country is there so yeah it's a it's a bit of an issue that they haven't quite solved this is so cool anyway I could sit here and talk about Italian rugby all night. Um, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And we'll have to get you back on and talk about <laughs> some more again in a few minutes. But it is half term in the URC. We have played uh, nine games each, apart from one or two of the South Africans who've got a game behind. Um, so we thought as a bit of fun, what we'd like to do now is do our URC half term reports and go down the list of all of the teams in the league in league order and assign each of them a grade to how we think we'd be doing this so far. We're not doing this alone, so we put out a series of polls on our Twitter account where all the fans could go on and rank each team themselves. And if you add up all of the votes that we got, we got well over 5,000 votes um, from followers. That's uh, that's incredible. So thank you so much to everybody who's uh, chipped in and given us some support on that. So let's jump straight into it. We're going to go top to bottom. So we'll start off with some boring positivity and get into some really juicy negativity uh, towards the end. (laughs) So, uh, Ender, you can go first because it's Leinster up first. Uh, how would you rank their season so far? Just speaking to Leinster people on places like Blue Sky and things, they're not all that happy. I don't know. Do you think they're just being a bit spoiled, or is there something a bit off about Leinster this season? I don't know if it's that a bit off. Like I, I definitely give them an A ranking. Like they do have Nina Barry in, and he is there. I think they're kind of in a transition phase. There are a lot of people saying that Leinster are playing a bit more negatively this season. Um, but for me, as a like I'm a Connacht fan first, but probably a Leinster fan second, that I, I don't mind that. I think it's potential. Like I think Nina Barry and, and and a focus on the fence and and just a bit of dog is something that Leinster maybe needed. And I think that win away to La Rochelle kind of reinforce that for me so although they've what two losses so far this season uh in the urc it's it's kind of odd to see them only what two points ahead on top of the log you don't often see that but i think it's good for the league overall and but i think they're just in a bit of a transition phase they still have the players they probably have potentially better coaches than they did last season um i wouldn't be too concerned i don't think maybe some people might be happy if they're playing a more south african style and um, with a bit of a more of a focus on the kicking game and the pressure game and all of that, but I I, I think they're they're still going to be there thereabouts. They beat La Rochelle. I know La Rochelle aren't having a, a great season, but not many teams go down there and get a win, especially a win Oakley against a really strong side. I think that was that for me could have been a, a turning point for Leinster. Um, like I know they lost recently against Ulster, but I wouldn't like I wouldn't read read, read too much into that. Um, but I think I think this is I think it, it could be a huge season for them. Um, and this is traditionally what happens, isn't it? When you when you do have a change in coach, like it, it's not uh, an immediate change. Like it takes a while to get your philosophy across. And I think once Nina Barr does 
I think there could be even better than than previous seasons. And let's not forget Leinster haven't won it. Like they've been probably the best side in Europe for I don't know how long, if not maybe second best. But they've not just shown for it for the last couple of years. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know what you guys think, but I, I think they're on the right path. And it's just, it just might take a few losses uh, to get there. So Ed is going for an A. Does anyone disagree? Does anyone think higher, lower? I did the no, thing I on Twitter and I gave it a oh. solid A. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I think Ender's right. If you're an A star for Leinster, you're well and truly away. You've there's there's breathing space. Whereas to be two points ahead of a Benetton who have picked up next to no bonus points. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Jack knew there's clearly a fraud then, according to Eddie. Um, So uh, the. The people agreed, so we got 48% of the people on the poll voted for an A, and that was the, uh, the grade that the people awarded them. So, Benetton next. So, Coach, what grade would you give your own team this season? Now, Benetton are technically second in the league. However, Leinster have lost two games, and Benetton have only lost one. So, you know, right. I'm, Benetton are kind of top of the URC as we stand right now. So I'm reading. The one caveat, yeah. though, is... <laughs> Zebra away and Zebra at home. I hate to say it and be negative, but that's yeah, part of the reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they beat what's in front of you. It helps, but still, like, yeah, not not to get in the way, but that does help. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. It, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, but then, but then, Zebra are beating sides. But we'll talk about them later. Yes. But anyway. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I'd give them a, I don't know, a, a B. Because they should have put, they should have put. <laughs> Imagine being his kid. What? Imagine being his kid. <laughs> I'm a harsh critic. <laughs> no, but no, I, mean, I don't I, totally disagree we, with him. We didn't get any bonus points. We we should have won a few games. We made some silly mistakes, um, especially the last few minutes. I mean, they've they've almost caused me multiple heart attacks. Um, because of the last minute decisions. When, when your team is good and they're winning games, it's less fun, isn't it? Because it's when you get to to not winning. Like I support Newcastle United. Yeah. Football, we used to lose all the time, and it's kind of there. But now we're good. When we lose, it's the end of the world. I can't I can't live with it. Yeah. So I don't know if you're getting the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I think it's also I guess like I said earlier, just becoming a bit more of a of a, a diehard fan is that when you you expect to win. Um, and when they do silly things, it hurts twice as much. Um, Honestly, that but, draw against Munster, I was fuming, fuming. Yeah. Yeah. The, the draw against so. Munster was 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 horrific, an absolutely horrific draw. That definitely should have been a win, and they absolutely gave it away. So that's why I gave them an A, but not an A star. <laughs> I didn't give them a so B. I'm, I'm not a I'm monster. I'm going to go in the middle. Can, can we go? I'm going to go. I was going to go B plus A minus. Um, because, you can't do uh, that. You didn't make this game up. They made this game up. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> um, but on. one thing that we didn't mention about Benetton that I think we should mention that definitely makes them slightly more worthy, more worthier of more than a B coach, is the fact that last season Benetton gave away more points than anybody else in the last 20 minutes of games. That, that was their start. This season, they've given away the fewest amount of points than any other team in the last 20 minutes. So if that's not development, I don't know what it is. And, and the final development point 
is last season, I'm pretty sure, they lost all their away games outside of Italy in the BKT URC. Mm. And this season, they seem to have broken the back of that. They started off winning on the road straight away. So that is a huge, huge improvement. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that 80% of the people who voted voted for A-star. So uh, Suckers. They're easily pleased. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyway. No, but you know what? If you're looking at it from the outside, objectively, they're having a banging season. And yeah, they're probably... Yeah, they're doing very well. <laughs> We're being harsh. Who, who wants to take Glasgow then? How would people rate Glasgow season? Kind of a bit under the radar, I feel, in third. No one's kind of thinking of them as the top team, but they have won the the Pro 14, I think it was at the time, or the Pro 12 at the time. They're always kind of there or thereabouts. They always seem to make the playoffs. How do we rate Leinster's season so far? Not I Leinster, gave sorry, them Glasgow. A, I gave them an A. Same again, similar to Benetton. I expect a lot of Glasgow, but then how can you give you can't give them an A star when they've just lost to Edinburgh, which is a game that they would have cared about a lot. Yeah, they kept the cup though. They won the cup on points difference. Mm. Yeah, but the highlight reel of Van der Merwe scoring that try—that's all people will remember from that game. So true. So true. Was it anybody else <laughs> disagree? And do you hate or love Glasgow? I think the Irish all hate them, don't they? I think they're always there thereabouts, as you said, and I think A is is pretty fair. Yeah, yeah. I I I mean, this is so not the time to go into a deep dive about this, but it blows my mind how well Franco Smith is doing at Glasgow after what he didn't do for Italy. Well, that's not fair because he bred all the babies yeah, for Italy. When, when, he picked players when they were. The yeah, he, he, so they they wouldn't have beaten Wales. If he didn't get battered, never beforehand. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll find it did. Uh, but, but it would, but it would not happen if he hadn't given those of... players a season of experience, of international experience, where, yeah, yeah granted, yeah, he, yeah. He, he took a beating. And also, let's not forget, Benetton's one loss in the URC was an absolute battering by Glasgow. Mm. Okay. So uh, our people have voted 62% in favour of an A for Glasgow, which I think is fair. Right, Ulster next. So I'm going to tell you what people voted for before I get your thoughts on this. So the people voted, it's 46% in favour of an A and 46% in favour of a B. So the people are completely split for Ulster between an A and a B. What we thinking then? Because is this a bit, maybe a bit of recency bias? Because people were losing their minds. Ulster fans were losing their minds a few weeks ago, and now they just beat Leinster away. Is it a bit of a? Yeah. I tell you what, everywhere, everywhere's nice in the sunshine, and we've won a game, so now we're all happy again. I think it might be a bit. I, of it. I mean, exactly I take that. us back to the very beginning of the season that Zebra again furious at Zebra. They should have won that game. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. I'd go B for Ulster, I think. Yeah, let's yeah, not be recency biased. I think up until the last couple of weeks, I, I remember what they were saying. They were saying, sack the coach, sack the board, boycott the ground, all these things. Right. Uh, next, fifth in the league <laughs> is the Bulls, who are my tip to lift, lift the trophy this season. So what are we saying? Does anyone have any views on the Blue Bulls or the Vodacom Bulls, as we should call them in this how they've been getting on, have they met expectations, dropped below expectations? 
Hang on a minute. And they set up a game at hand, let's not forget. I think they've only played eight games so far this season. Uh, yes, so they, they should be higher, yeah. Oh, wait, um, so that tied with Edinburgh, is that right? Uh, yeah. Oh, have I missed Edinburgh? I have missed Edinburgh. Oh, no. I thought mine was something out of date. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's why everyone was so quiet. All right, no, okay. <laughs> it's my show. We're doing balls first. We'll do Edinburgh in a minute. Yeah, they're on the same points. Okay. Right. So come on. What what do you think of the balls? Ender. I I don't know. Ha, before I give an intellectual informed decision, which I should know, have how many of their games have been home and away? They've done their four game away tour. It's out of the way. So which they've been doing pretty well. They beat Cardiff and they, they, well. they beat they smashed Connor. They smashed Connor. I don't mm. think they they lost to Glasgow, and I can't remember what their other game was. Might have been I'm not sure. In which case, I think that's ominous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are going to go down to South Africa and take on the balls. Um. Yeah, it's not going to happen, is it? I think they probably. I don't think they've lost. Think... Sorry, keep going, um, coach. No, no, no. You've... I was just because like no uh, non-South African team has beaten the balls at the balls. Like that, no one wins there apart from a South African team. So I think that's. As you said, like, yeah, we'll, like if, if they can keep up that home form, which I think they will, they could go all the way, which I keep going, Coach. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I would add or say to that potentially is, is there any, could it be that some teams earlier on the season when they're going to South Africa expect to lose a bit and they play accordingly? There's a lot of stuff for them to play for at home. When it gets towards the end of the season, you might find teams putting in a little bit stronger sides, maybe, when they go to South Africa, because um, they need the win, as opposed to, well, let's rest him, because we've got that big home game coming up. So Maybe. I, I honestly can't see anyone beating the Bulls, because it's, it's the altitude factor as well, and they're just, they play incredible rugby. So that, that's why I picked them to win the title this year, and... For me, I mean, the, the, the people have gone for 56% B, which I think is maybe taking into account that they've had that four-game tour and South African teams don't always tour the North particularly well, particularly even the next South African team we'll talk about in a minute. So I think I agree with Coach. Yeah. I think it, it, it's it's ominous. If, yeah. if they're there already, having done their tour, look out. I think they're only going up from here. Right, let's circle back then and do Edinburgh. Um, <laughs> for me... Ben Healy, URC signing of the season. Um, mm. He's played every minute for mm. Edinburgh. He's top for kicks from, from hand. He's top for kick meters. He's he's stood up for them. He's dropping goals with the clock in the red. Eddie, um, what are we making of Edinburgh this season? Is this the best they've been in in a, in a long while? Yeah, I think. Well, maybe not for a long while. Mm. I would say that when I started supporting Benetton, Edinburgh were pretty bang average and they really have collectively come up a long long way uh so yeah i would give them a a b and 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 of course they did beat glasgow um in the in the big stadium when everyone was watching so yep do we do pluses yeah we can do a plus we can do pluses. We did, the, the, the Twitter poll only lets you give 
four options and I didn't have time to do all the pluses, but the people gave them a, a B, 60% in favour of a B. So I think Edinburgh, that's where they can be. I'm pretty oh, sure. Done... Oh, go on. Sorry. I'm pretty sure it didn't. Benetton squeeze past Edinburgh by he like did. Ben a, Healy missed a the hair. top goal in the last kick of the game. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. I mean, if they that's got when that. When coach talks about his heart attacks, that's what he means. Yeah. That was awful. What was that about? <laughs> Could have kicked. Was that the one where we could have just kicked it out, or kicked that's for? The one, um, yeah, that's the one. yeah, no, or it just was. Gone for they, a kick. They, they, they could have gone for the that's post. The they could have done all sorts of stuff. And, and tap and go. No, guys, it's the one where we decided to tap and go in the middle of the pitch when we had a penalty. Yeah, no, that's your coach is right. That is uh, that's bad for the old uh, the old system. <laughs> giving them a B minus. Back to B minus for Benetton. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, Sorry. So we've done. So Stormers is the next team. So Stormers, obviously two-time finalist, one-time champions. They lost all four of their uh, away games. So they lost to Cardiff, and I think they ended. Did they lose to Leinster? I can't remember. Was either Sharks? I'm getting confused with. But anyway, they lost all four of their away games, and they lost to Benetton. Yeah. They are making a habit of. They've obviously got all their spring box back from the World Cup and they're continuing the trend of only winning by one point. It's not fun if it's only, if it's not by one, <laughs> obviously, is the rule in the Stormers. So what do we think then? Uh, they're a bit low in the table, but they have got their tour out of the way. I think uh, a C because they're still in the running. They've still got, you know, mm. we just were quite glowing about the Bulls and Edinburgh. Stormers have the same number of points. But we expect yeah. more because they are URC one champions and URC two. Yeah. No finalists. Yeah, finalists because must two runners up. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah so I, I, you expect a lot of them, but they're still absolutely in the running. So yeah, a C. Well, that's what the people went for. Fifty-seven percent C. Wow, mm. the people are harsh. Gosh. Well, maybe. I, I think now they've got they've got Manny. It is Twitter. And, yeah, they've got <laughs> yeah, Manny and Villancer yeah. and uh, Marie back. I think a lot of people are expecting them to just yeah. go up the table yeah. at the end of this and be very much in, in, in the last stages. Right. Next team on the list is the first Welsh team that we're talking about is the Ospreys. Uh, currently sitting in eighth last playoff spot. Um. I, again, I shall declare I'm a Scarlets fan and the Ospreys are our sworn enemies. So I'm never going to mm. give a completely unbiased review of them. So can I get some new, neutral perspective on what the Ospreys have been like this season? Well, it depends if it's the young Ospreys or the old Ospreys. <laughs> old Ospreys. <laughs> he was because so annoyed. What um, happened when we Toby played Booth them? Toby insisted that they, were... that they did not send a B team. He insisted they, that, that was oh, they, oh. Well, they, 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 they kept, well, the commentators, it wasn't like a press release or anything, but, yeah, they kept calling them the young Ospreys every time something happened on the pitch, mainly negative, to remind the viewers that this might not be the Ospreys. Um, but, yeah, they've, I mean... Welsh, the Welsh have had their troubles, haven't they? Um, so I, I can see, I can see why they might want to enforce that by how they address them that they're the young Ospreys. But I think, yeah, I'd probably give them 
considering what they've got, probably a solid C. Mm. C out of ten. Like a B. You're going B, Eddie. Any vote? My gut wants to give them a C, but logically that doesn't make any sense considering they're one point behind the Stormers and after everything they've gone through. And so the Ospreys yeah. have played the most home games and the most games in Wales out of any of the Welsh teams. They haven't played Leinster, Munster or Ulster mm. and they haven't gone to South Africa yet. I see what you mean about being a Scarlets fan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, and the Ospreys beat Benetton annoyingly in the Challenge Cup. That was a weird game. Yeah. Yeah. Very frustrating. So, and they are, sorry, mate, they, they are doing the best out of all the Welsh. I mean, there's so, three teams clear of the next, you know, Cardiff is the next Welsh region there. So, I, guys, I think it's a B. I'd give them a B. <laughs> I think. Well, the people gave them a B, 45% B. Right, Ender, your team next, Connacht, uh, down in ninth. So after an incredible start, have slipped out of the uh, playoff places. So maybe a bit of recency bias again. Things not going so well lately. You did get a win down in South Africa, even if it's against a weaker Sharks team. It's not to be sniffed at. Um, but the people have given them 50%, sorry, uh, 58% C. Feels a bit harsh. Mm. Yeah, especially when they consider who they've, like they've played Munster, Ulster, Ulster, you know. And they've played yeah. yeah two away games in South Africa, and let's not forget they had a really strong start to the season. I think it's a little harsh. Um, I would say a B for me, and I think that the I could I still I still think they could finish top eight by the end of the season. Um, you know it's unfortunate now that Matt Hansen's going to he's going to miss the entire Six Nations. Um, yeah. And yeah, hopefully Aki doesn't pick Anton up during Six Nations, so they'll hopefully they'll both be back after that. And, Improve things, but I still think I've said it kind of from the beginning of the season. I think they've built they've actual depth this year, especially with JJ Hanra coming in at a ten, uh, providing real competition there for Jack Carty. So I think people are being a bit bit harsh, uh, and they should have won that Leinster game. And so like they absolutely should. Yeah, have won that I couldn't believe it when I was watching. I, it. I'm not even a kind of fan, and I was. Feeling... I thought about not watching rugby anymore after that. that was <laughs> <frustrating>. <laughs> there was a sellout crowd as well. Mm-hmm. Oh so B for me. Uh, okay, so the, the people have gone fifty-eight percent C. I think B is more fair. I think that's a bit recency bias. I think also your Champions Cup um, form people maybe um, including that in this as well. But I think you're going to have you've got your worst of your fixtures out of the way now. Most of them, mm. so I think you'll, you'll probably improve a bit from there. Speaking of injury news, though, Munster. So Munster have had a tough couple of weeks. Whether it be RG Snowman. Um, buggering off to Leinster. Um, John Clayne is now out for the season as well. Uh, Joey Carberry's off to, um, well, we don't know officially where he's going yet, but people think it might be France. Um, and injuries galore and sitting a lowly 10th, the rate, the defending URC two champions down in 10th. This is not where we thought we'd see Munster, is it? No, and they scraped a win against Benetton. Yeah. I'm not not frustrated by that at all. Have, they, have you played them twice already? No, it, it was uh, in, in Treviso, and uh, Benetton were well and truly had it in the bag. Away. And then... Classic monster picking up a resolve like that. 
But I still think their season, I, I yeah, I, I would give them like a D because I think if you at the beginning of the season, injuries aside, because they are, are reigning champions, if you told them halfway through the season they were going to be tenth. I think they'd all be bitterly disappointed. So I think there's nothing else. They would call that a failure of a start of a season, I think. So the, a D is a fail. This is a URC rating, but the draw at, at home to Bayern in the Champions Cup, that was a shocker. Like they, sh- they should have been doing better than that. And then they threw it away against Exeter, I think, as well, in the second round. So, yeah. Not going perfectly there, but so we've just covered fifth to tenth. I can tell you that there's only two points between fifth and tenth, so there's a range of scores there. So people gave Monster a D. So between fifth and tenth, we've got B, C's, and D's, but there's only two points between them. So that goes to show kind of the expectations that people have on this. So next team is the Lions. Kind of surprised to be this high, to be honest. So they've um, they've just beaten the Sharks um, at Ellis Park. And it was a, a, an emotional one, an incredible finish. Um, and I've only played eight games. Only played eight games. Okay, yeah. so, that, so that kind of makes the scores that they've got surprising. So 33% C, 32% D. And yet they are wow. 11, 11th in the league. They, you would say that traditionally, they, well, maybe not traditionally, but in recent years, they've been the, the weakest of the South African teams. And yet they've got a game in hand over the, the teams above them and they've got um they've played up north. So I don't know, Andrew, they're your yeah. they're your favourite team. Do you have a, a view on um the Lions? Do you think season D's is a bit harsh? Yeah, that's definitely harsh. When you look at their budget, when you look at everything, we look at their squad. Um yeah, I'd I'd give them yeah, B to B plus for for me, um, for what they've achieved so far uh this season. They've some Quality players, um, yeah. That for me, def, def, definitely be. I think C and D would just be no. Um, and it, look, it, it's yeah. great to see them where, where they are as well. Um, nobody wants to see. I think the Sharks, especially as a new team, especially because we're all we can all agree that we're probably all massive URC fans. It's not great seeing a you know a South African team, especially one like the Sharks, rock bottom. Um, but I I almost think it's it's a I prefer the lines being higher than at the moment because, like, we all know the Sharks will be back, with, especially with their the cash they have behind them. But yeah, very harsh to give them a C or D. They also smashed Zebra. They did. They, yeah. they, they sixty oh, yeah. points. It looked like they were playing on like an Aussie Rules football pitch. The way they were, they had space for days. I thought that was hugely impressive. Yeah. Cardiff next, so the next Welsh team. So Cardiff. So I, I have this thing with Cardiff where I'm giving them a lot more grace this season because there's such a difficult summer and um, things were going so wrong for them off the pitch during the summer. So they, I'm kind of giving them this season. Now there's, they, they seem to still be suffering a lot of players leaving at the moment. Thomas Williams has been confirmed as leaving to Gloucester. There's now rumours in the papers today about Mason Grady being off as well. Um, and I'm sure that won't be the last one that we hear about. So... I'm kind of more positive about Cardiff. They they can see too many points, and I think that's down to the fact that their defence coach uh, is literally part-time and only takes two sessions a week. Um, that probably doesn't help. 
So uh, people voted. Wait, is that is that fact or is that a joke? That's fact. No, Gethin Jenkins is as, on a consultancy basis. He's not full time in his role in education. But all your listeners, Ellie, is shocked. Shocked. Um, <laughs> what a great job. Two days, yeah. rock up. But he hit is lower he boys. Is, go back. He is Cardiff through and through, so I'm sure he. In a couple of extra hours here and there. Oh yeah, I'm joking. So do you think is that? Um, sorry, I, I, this is a whole other conversation. Is that a money thing? Like they can't afford yeah. to keep him here. Yeah. So they've just been taken mm-hmm. over. So they've got new owners now. But their their main financial benefactor, Peter Thomas, very sadly passed away um, in the spring of last year, and that left them with some serious cash flow issues. According to, they put a press statement out and saying we have cash flow concerns. Um, but they've managed to to get through it. And um, wow. you know, they've got a big game to look forward to against Harlequins this weekend. But 40% D, 38% C, I think is a bit harsh. I think uh, based on their defence, um, I would probably say a C, but they've actually picked up a losing bonus point uh, in every game that they've lost so far this season. So yeah. they've only won two games, but they picked up a losing bonus point in every game. But again, like the Ospreys, they've had favourable fixtures as well. I would say they were mm. lucky, in my opinion. Cardiff fans would say the opposite, but I would say they were lucky to draw against Zebra. I know that they will say they were lucky. Yeah. Zebra were lucky to draw against them, but because Zebra scored a try at the death to to get the uh, the draw. But overall, yeah. that game, I thought Zebra Palmer should have had it. But however, you know, there is a bit of a cliff in this table, and they are there definitely on the right side of it. So. They're still definitely looking at playoff opportunities. I think that might be a bit beyond them. I think they've just because they're going to go into some nasty fixtures coming up for the second half of the season. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's okay. I would probably give them a C. Um, right, we're now going to jump over the cliff. So there's a nine point <laughs> gap between 12th and 13th in the table. And that gap is between Cardiff and Scarlet. So Scarlet's being my team. We are really bad. <laughs> we suck. Um, so I, I, I do a, I do a Scarlet's podcast, and we go through all of the things every week on there. And yeah, we're we're pretty much saying the same thing every week. And I think the thing that's concerning for me as a fan at the moment is we don't seem to be showing much progression week on week. Uh, we started the season badly and then just continued to be not good. Um, so yeah, it's just I, I'm not really sure where the team's going at the at the moment. Is kind of my worry about it. Um, so yeah, it was 39% F, 33% E. Oh. Um, Scarlet's fans awarded that. I do have a sneaking suspicion that some of the other Welsh regions fan bases hijacked some of these votes. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest, sneaky, I, I tell you. If I'm, we we somehow managed to rob two wins against Cardiff, which is funny. Um, but yeah, you know, if, if I'm being honest, I can't go ahead. Zebra is next. So, Eddie, I think you said on Twitter, because the way that we structured the polls, the highest that we were able to give Zebra in the votes was a C. But you suggested that maybe they deserve higher than a C. Yeah, I mean, I I would give them a B for the the same reason that Scarlet's get an F. It's because it's all about, you know, your expectation coming into something and your sort of attainment, you know, have a really thick child who works really hard, or you have a genius who's a bit lazy, you know, they can both be in set two for maths, but it means completely different things. So 
I think when someone asked me before what success looked like for Zebra this season, I was like, don't finish last, win some games. And that would be a yeah. successful season. And they're well on the and way to doing one, that. They've only won one. Well, yeah, but then they won in the Challenge Cup as well. So yeah, overall yeah, in the yeah. season, they've won two, drawn one. In the URC, they've won one, drawn one, but they've still got uh, Scarlets to come. And yep. uh, they've still got Dragons to come which i'm not saying that zebra will win those but you know you've got to target your games yeah competitive games yeah yeah G- games that they can hope to get a result out of i've got a question about the win do they take flares to every game and just hope that one yeah. day will be the flare yes, day they do yeah they do yes they do they do yeah <laughs> they're uh they're <laughs> an amazing then... group of people fantastic yeah the, uh, they're called the s155 guys they've kind of been nicknamed i don't know if you guys have this in well I guess in football in Italy in Italy we call like the sort of diehard fans of a football club the ultras um yes. the ones that like go yeah. and we've basically nicknamed um these guys from S155 who are the friendliest loveliest most welcoming people but because they have flares and they have a massive flag and a drum the ultras of the URC because you know they, they just should be um and there's about 30 of them and they take those flares and even if they don't win those flares will come out at the derby they just had in Treviso, about 50 of them turned up and they drowned out the entire stadium in Treviso. All you could hear. And they haven't got like one chant. They're like a French supporters. <laughs> They've got about 20 different songs. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, they, it, they drowned the, the stadium out. Like Benetton was silenced by this like tiny group in the top right hand corner of the, of the stands just screaming and banging that drum throughout the whole game. They're amazing. They had Love a trumpet. Them. Whenever Benetton tried to out-sing them, one guy got out a trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, we've had this debate on the Scarlet's pod that we need to get more drums and trumpets into Welsh stadiums. Yeah. And not the yeah. children's choirs and... that we normally have, which are a bit weird. Great. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. But different, you know. Better um, than the ones that sang the national anthems at the World Cup. So I, t- I sold this story on a, on a different podcast. It didn't click for me that it was multiple children's choirs. I thought a children's choir was singing an anthem and then getting in a van and getting driven to the next stadium. And doing <laughs> a different anthem. I didn't, I didn't realise like that, that France is a pretty big country and that would have been a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> getting in, I love the getting in a van. Getting in the back of the van. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> when they stopped doing them, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when they like stopped doing the children's choirs. And right? then, like, I wanted to be there when the teacher, because obviously it's a teacher that is in charge of the choir. And the teacher had gone, listen, kids, we're not doing the next game. Why not, miss? Because everybody hates you. <laughs> but, but I think it was pre-recorded and it, it was just I think they said it was just turned down and some other stuff was turned up because it was a cappella at the beginning and it was so anticlimactic you know you've oh, waited four so years bad. for this World Cup France versus New Zealand here we go and then, <laughs> yeah are you wearing a USC jumper uh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, 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 look, I mean if 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 if, if someone gives me stash I'm going to keep it. I'm going to wear it. Where did you get it from? Uh, I could tell you I have to kill you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, he'll be gone by the time this comes out. I've got I've got a friend who, who works there. For another, like, we should talk offline. Days. Right. Uh, <laughs> next, next team 
Yeah, dragons. This is one right. This is one where I think there's been some vote sabotaging going on because dragons got 35% F, 32% E, and 30% D. So typical Welsh rugby, no consensus whatsoever. Uh, no one can agree what to. So for me, the dragons are the same as they are every season. So why are they getting an F? Like, what did people expect? So I don't know. What am I? Am I wrong? You, you guys tell me. What What would you give the dragons? That's a very different parent parenting style to coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my kids coming home and they go, I I, I fail my maths test, and I'm like, oh, you fail all of them, don't you? So it's, it's like... <laughs> 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 yeah, at least you're consistent. <laughs> yeah. I yeah I, yeah I sort of see what you're saying. I mean, two losses. Sorry, two two wins, seven losses. Not a lot of bonus points. Nah. Nah. Let's see. I think, e, I think E is harsh enough. Yeah. I mean, hang on. Yeah, yeah but uh, what was... Dragons won one of their derbies, didn't they? Yeah, Dragons beat uh, Scarlet. Yeah, and okay, they beat sorry. Ospreys as well earlier this season. So I think you could. I, th- I don't think you could be too harsh on them for that, because they're, 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 that's big. Yeah, they're on um, three home wins in a row. For the first time in like forever, they've gone okay. like four years without a home win before now. Right. Give them a C. So, give them a C. Hey, everyone yeah, gets C. a C. <laughs> uh, and then last team, Sharks. They do what not do get say? a C. How low does it go? <laughs> and so a U wasn't a version in the poll, but uh, a, a U is a grade that is awarded to people so uh, I, I can allow you ungradable <laughs> ungradable but it's, yeah but it's just because we expected so we expect so much from them you know they are they are some of the rock star headline acts that have come to this tournament and this season they are just so flat yeah yeah would you be really pissed off if you were hollywood bats I would be really pissed off. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be like, excuse me, <laughs> can I? You say that. Right? You're like, yeah, we'll take over the sponsorship this year. Yeah, they're great. And then you. I bet they're quids in. I bet they're actually laughing because they're a business, and all the sharks fans be betting through Hollywood bets on the sharks, and each one of those bets, <laughs> Hollywood bets are cashing in. Ah, so it's a, so is, they're doing it on purpose. You're he, saying it's insider trading, is what you said. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we should we should write to the press. <laughs> it's money laundering. So I I, I can tell you that uh, 294 people voted on the sharks poll, and 91 percent of them voted for F. It is the the most the, yeah. mo- the most unanimous of all of them. So. So right, I mean, well, probably the fairest too with that squad with that cash yeah. behind. Yeah. If you said yeah. earlier on, before the season started, that halfway through it, Zebra Palm would be above Sharks. I wonder what your odds would be at Hollywood Bets for that. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good. Oh, didn't didn't the Sharks do this um, graphic for the when they played Zebra of a shark eating a zebra and then they lost? Probably. Did they? I don't. I didn't see the uh, graphic. I'm... I mean. Uh, they need to drop this hashtag fear the fin that it needs to go oh yeah it's awful, awful. the fin is like we the least really... scary bit of a shark 
we were really <laughs> lucky at that game. We were we were in the in the tunnel before they came out. So oh, we, really? we were like in, in the middle of the tunnels as the players came out. And um, I mean, it's not an original thought, but they were massive. When you see them all pumped up with their chests pumped up, all coming out, you're like, oh, this this looks so painful. But then they've still got some real, real talent. Uh, what what's that? Um, yeah. The cock, the, the the winger. I love that guy. Yeah, He yeah. is such a good player. Former sevens. But hasn't player, he got yeah. like a? Isn't he got like a stupidly low try scoring record? He's scored like nine tries in his Sharks career. Something something daft, like ridiculously low number of tries. Maybe he just because he looks so cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And every time he gets tackles, it looks like a head knock because all his hair goes like that. Yeah. And then you think, oh, my God, he's been absolute and he's not. It's just his hair. Oh, I found this. I mean, I don't know if it's this, the graphic, but I'm um, sorry. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Yes, that was it. Prey versus Predator. Yes. Look at That's that. Look at that. Steroid wow, up. The arrogance Severin. of that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Pride could. Pride of country for a fall. Right. Um, that concludes our US URC uh, mid-term uh, gradings. We should revisit it at the end of the season and come up with our final scores. Because it doesn't matter how you start, doesn't matter how you middle, it matters how you finish. Right. On to our club and international obscureness uh, roundup. So Celtic Challenge. So we spoke a little bit about this uh, a few weeks ago when we had Catherine on. Uh, talking about the new women's competition that is a bit like the URC, but not. So two Welsh teams, two Scottish teams, two Irish teams playing each other in a league and development tournaments. So I can tell you that Welsh sides, Gwalior Lightning, are top, uh, both they and the Wolfhounds, which I think is the Ulster-Leinster duo, uh, one from Ireland. Uh, they're both on nine points after two games, having won both games. Thunder and Glasgow sit bottom uh, with zero wins. But it's very early days. These are literally the first games these teams have ever played in their existence. So um, we're enjoying it. It's on you are sorry. It's on Rugby Pass TV for anybody who wants to watch it, uh, and it's completely free to watch. So that's great. And uh, what else has been happening over in England? Yeah, there's a cracking game in the English Premiership this weekend between Exeter and Saints. Saints were away from home. They were down 26 points, I believe, at one stage, and came back to win 42-36. Uh, what else going on in that league? Saracens are down at sixth after they lost to Tigers. Moving then to the top 14. Racing are top after a win over Cast. Bordeaux are chasing hard in second, while Montpellier are slowly starting to turn around, having won four of their five last games. La Rochelle also uh, doing a lot better in the last two games. What's going on in the wonderful world of the Pro Dude de you? Just quickly, do you guys follow Montpellier very much? Because obviously your guy Garbisi plays for yeah, I try to follow uh, the Italians abroad. Uh, there's a great yes. account, actually. They're, they're really, really good. But yeah, there's also there's rumours of him going to Toulon. I don't know if you read so them. They came out. Because he's not getting much game time, is he, at the moment? For Montpellier? They, they play him at 12 um, uh, a lot. And my mind's just forgotten the name of the... Carbonell, Carbonell, that's the name. That's the right name? Yeah, the, the, they've really put their faith in him at, at 10. Yeah. And uh, it's not useful for Italy at all. So hopefully Andrea Massi and Sergio Parisi at Toulon can get him in and get him playing at 10. He can, he can keep the bench warm while Stan Bigger goes and sorts things out for Toulon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, 
<laughs> so Prode did then. So Varna back top after their wobble. Um, they had just one win in five, but they beat and Uh And so they, they look like they're getting a bit back on track. And Beziers are now second after Rafael Storti of Portugal fame scored four tries and set up another um, in their game. And uh, our friend Francisco was going crazy on Twitter about this. It was quite incredible to watch. Japan League One, Wild Knights are top after a 100% start. Toshiba, Brave, Lupus are also uh, on 100% start, but are a point behind. Uh, Honda Heat are not good. They have shipped 251 points in four games. Uh, That's Kieran Crowley's side. Is it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. He'll turn it around, though. They got I bet they're not <laughs> kicking. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Don't even go there. They got linked with Lewis Rees Summit over the weekend, and I was like, don't do it, mm. Um What about the All-Islands League, Ender? So, yeah, we had some free-to-air coverage on YouTube of the Bateman Cup final uh, between Terenure College and Young Munster. Terenure came out victorious, 22-15. However, it is worth pointing out that Young Munster were down to 14 men after the 35th minute after a player was red-carded. Um How's everything in the Welsh Premiership, Pew? So, Clan Dovery are still top after beating Pontypridd, uh, only by one point. So, that's slipping by Clan Dovery standards, only to, only to win by a point or two. Uh, Carmarthen Quinn's got just their second win of the season after beating Bridge End with Scarlett's uh, young player and former Bucks player, uh, Charlie Titcombe, really doing the business for them, scored all of their points in that game, only their second win of the season. And then, Ender, do you want to wrap us up with uh, what's it called again? Premier Premiership women's rugby. women's rugby doesn't really roll off the tongue, but yeah, uh, Saracens are their top as they maintained a 100% start to the season with a 69 to three points win away at Sale, and Tigers unfortunately are still bottom with no wins. And just briefly moving on to the TV guide, we will have it out as usual on our breakfast uh, show on Friday morning. But there is plenty coming up. We've got the Challenge Cup. We've got the Championship Cup. We've got more Premiership Premiership Women's Rugby. Catholic Challenge continues. And I believe that is it. So we'll have plenty of information on about all those fixtures on Friday's show. Okay. And I believe that wraps us up then. So thank you so much to our guests, Eddie, Ellie and Coach. Um, do you want to plug your podcast? I'm sure you've probably got a bigger audience than us anyway. Uh, go ahead and uh, tell us all about it. I don't think so. But our, our podcast is uh, called Spritz and Scrums. It focuses on Italian rugby, primarily Benetton, Zebre Palmer and the Italian national side. So if anyone wants to sound knowledgeable leading into the Six Nations, uh, do give us a listen and also follow us on Instagram and Twitter as well, if you feel so inclined. And if you haven't come out to Monigo to watch a game, I cannot recommend it enough. If it, if your team is ever out there towards Venice, it's the best away weekend you could hope for. Honestly, I we just put a, we made a little video, a quick Instagram reel this week about an away trip in Treviso. So check that out. It tells you kind of everything you need to know and what to expect. It's the home of, Treviso, of Prosecco. It's the home of tiramisu. What's not to like, Sold. guys? Yeah, yeah. We did one for Palmer as well. You get well, amazing interviews as well. You've had Tommy Allen and Paolo Adogu as well. Recently. Uh, no, we, we didn't get uh, Allen. That was 
That was Fratelli the rugby. We've had, I think. Um, so we had, but we, but we, we, we did get a dog. We've had a dog woo. We've had Montioni. We've nice had work. Jacob Umanga, and uh, we've had Andrea Piardi. The referee. The referee. The Italian referee. He's getting his first Six Nations um, game. And Silvia Tirani, who plays now for Harlequins. Yeah, oh. so we've had like we've had lovely, lovely people on. We're, we're having a we're, yeah, we're we're having a great time. Join us on and, the podcast. Thank you so much for having us, guys. It's been so fun. And if fun. you're extra lucky, Eddie will recite Hamlet to you. Yes. Yes, I'll get it right <laughs> this time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So brilliant. That's, I think we can end it there. End of it. Yep. Thanks for joining everyone. Thanks again, guys, for jumping on. Thanks. No, Grazie thank mille. Sports Social Podcast Network.